Welcome to the Cocktail Lovers Podcast. I'm Gary. And I'm Sandra. And together we are the Cocktail Lovers. We're a married couple and we've been writing about cocktails for the past 12 years. But this is the place where we're going to be talking about cocktails. We're going to be talking about products. We're going to be talking about books. And we're going to be talking about the bars that we love and we think that you will love too. We'll also be checking in with some of the biggest names in the industry and asking them to share their top tips with us to help you up your mixing game at home. We like to think of ourselves as your new best friends, cocktail-wise. So let's hear what's on the show this week. This week, we're picking up all kinds of invaluable tips for making crowd-pleasing cocktails at home with Pritish Modi, founder of World of Zing Bottled Cocktails. Our library pick is a must for all Bond fans. 007, the official cocktail book, Shaken, drinking with James Bond and Ian Fleming. While our bar review is equally stylish, the ever-so-elegant, always-perfectly-turned-out The Gibson in London's Old Street. We picked out two products with serious credentials, although they don't take themselves too seriously. One is a horse with no name. Yes, you did hear it right. All will be revealed. The other is a fab collection of canned cocktails by White Box Drinks. But first, we are the cocktail lovers. So let's make ourselves a cocktail. Right, the cocktail we are mixing for ourselves to get ourselves kickstarted this week is the aviation. Hurrah! We love an aviation. <laughs> Actually, they don't come up that often, do they, on menus and things no. like that? And it's a shame because it's a really great classic it's a cocktail. Beautiful cocktail. I don't know I can't remember when we first came across it. It was a long time ago. But every so often we fancy an aviation. Mm, it's really nice, very nice. And also we had we're dedicating this to one of our listeners who actually took the time and trouble to actually get in touch with us, tell us that she loved the podcast. Thank please you. do more of that, people, please. <laughs> and she actually mentioned some of her favourite cocktails, one of which was a martini, but the other was an aviation. So we said that we'd dedicate it to her. So Flora Marriott, this is for you. It is, and we hope we do you justice. So the aviation, which we're mixing up, it first appeared, I believe, around about 1916. And I also believe it's called an aviation because that's kind of the time that people started to fly. All right. Yeah, this is. I'm only going with what I mind you. That's and quite read. good. We're yeah. starting to fly again as well, yeah, so yeah. It comes full circle. Yeah, that's another reason we chose it. We planned that. <laughs> <laughs> but if you get the drink kind of right which i'm hoping we will you get a nice delicate blue color which invokes the sky mm. so without further ado adieu oh my that's goodness. your favorite oh expression my God, isn't i it? hate that <laughs> that's why i said it just to be naughty so i'm going to start mixing this up and right i've got my ingredients in front of me i got my shaker i'm hoping i've not forgotten anything so what i'm going to be putting into my shaker is some gin mm. and we're going with 50 ml per person Marvelous. so i'm doing a uh, 100 for me 
And my good lady. <laughs> I take it that's me. Yeah. <laughs> they don't come any gooder than you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so I've got that. I've got my gin in there. Now, Luxardo. I love Luxardo. It's like the secret ingredient of the cocktail it is. world. It really is. It's one of those real essentials that you should have. Sometimes people don't use them that often, but it's one of the things that you should definitely have in yeah. your back bar yeah i guess that lovely cherryness mm. if that's a word too so i'm adding 12.5 ml per person so 25 for the two of us i'm going to jump onto the lemon juice first and then come back so again 12.5 of the lemon juice so which you've measured balanced. out previously yeah, i did this earlier listeners i squeezed these these are fresh so 12.5 or 25 for two I'm putting that. And then coming on to the all-important creme de violette. Have yeah. I said that correctly? Yeah, violette. Yeah. And look at that. I mean, I'm holding it up. It's got a lovely glow to it. It looks like... It looks like it, well, it's the, it's the purple of Cadbury's chocolate foil, which I Actually, love. Actually, <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. And it, it, that's something that's really intriguing for lots of people to have in cocktails anyway. So it's that lovely surprise and delight element, yes. isn't it? And I think it's worth saying that when this cocktail came out, it was a key ingredient. And then you, there were recipes, even in like the Savoy cocktail book, where it's not they don't use creme de violette. And I don't think that was a lifestyle choice. I think it's just because just they, they couldn't get it. Yeah, exactly. Um, but honestly, there are recipes without it. But you, I, in it our does opinion, make a difference. You have it? to put this mm. in. You really do. But let me just measure that. So you're using Monin. Yeah, I'm using Monin, and I'm using ten ml each. That's twenty ml. But what I would say is, is use carefully because it is. It's funny, creme de violette. I, I personally don't like particularly the smell or taste of violets, but mm. in this drink. Yeah, brilliant. well, that's the, the magic in yeah. this drink, isn't it? But if you, you overload it, it has got that old lady vibe about yes. it. It's yeah. like it's like rose. If you have too much rose, it just takes over. So, yeah. so you know, this is definitely one of this. We always say measure, 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 but mm. this is a very good example of mm. measure your creme de violette. You know, maybe start with even slightly less taste. Yeah. And see it's better it's, to go less than Yeah, over. absolutely. You can always add. You can't take away. So got those all in my shaker. I've put in plenty of ice, or as Sandra likes to say, plenty of oh, ice. ice. Yeah. And you got your muscles ready? <laughs> right, stand back, everyone. <laughs> it's the great British shaker. Ooh, shaky, shaky. It's yeah, exactly. And what I should say is that our glasses are icing, as they always should do. So make sure that you put some cubes of ice in your glass, add a little bit yeah, of water just to chill them. Yeah. Ideally, you'd have a freezer full of chilled glasses, in but, you know, yeah. we're, we, we're short on space. So yeah, we just so, chill them to order. I mean, I would like to throw the frozen peas away and make more room for the cocktail glasses, but you don't always get what you want, do you? <laughs> it seems <Right>. not. <laughs> so I'm... Throwing away the ice in the glasses, just to hashtag one of our favourite sayings: "When it's too cold to hold, it's cold." So that's what I've done. This ch this lovely shaker, it's nice and frosted. Frosted. This is getting icy on the outside, so good and cold. And I'm pouring this out for me and the good lady. 
and yes it has got a bit of a, a blue it's tune. just a hint it's yeah. not it doesn't take over there's yeah. not the violet color there's not no. too much blue it's just a nice almost cloudy cloudy aviation color isn't it it is. I think that looks rather delicious. Mm. And uh, I'm just going to pop a cherry in there. But not just any old cherry. No, we've got Luxardo. You're popping your cherry? Shut up. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm putting in, I'm just dropping that in. I'm not putting it in on stick or anything fancy like that. Because it looks nice when you serve it dropped into the bottom of the glass. And yeah. I believe that's authentic. And so, the contrast. Yeah, so we're using Luxardo cherries. Also, this drink does work really well with a fresh cherry, yes. if you fancy that, when they're in season. Oh, actually, and you can soak those as well. Some oh, of yeah, we did that once, that's didn't really we? Nice. Yeah, soak some fresh cherries in Luxardo for a, a few days. Mm. That's a good top tip. I'm glad you remembered yeah, that. Anyway, exactly. there you go. Aviation, this is for you, Flora. Cheers. And Cheers, everybody else. Flora. Cheers. Let's have a little sip. Love it. Oh, it has I'm got so a lovely Parma violet taste about it, but, but just subtle. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Just enough to make it absolutely delicious. Well done. Thank you. This week, from the drinks cabinet, I have got something called, are you ready for this? Horse with no name. What is that? I mean, <laughs> I've been seeing this around because they are doing quite a big splash with it. But yeah. what is it and why? Well, I, <laughs> I'm very glad you asked me that. I think the name and the what is it are two things that need to be answered as one. And I will right. do my best. It's been created by a guy called Alexander Stein, who was actually behind Monkey 47. Okay. So right. that's his pedigree, which is pretty cool. But one of the things he's really into, reading up on him, is that he doesn't like categorising spirits. He thinks it limits the way we enjoy things and look actually things. you know what there's uh, there's good thinking behind that i think you know it's um very bold but it is quite it true is. yeah so th i think this is why it's got such an unusual name uh, which we'll keep coming back to because <laughs> you you can't categorize this anyway because there's it is what he's done let me tell break this down okay what he's done <laughs> what he's i done. think you've got a lot of information there oh, somehow is bursting yes. with information yes. i'm gonna try and keep it straightforward so what he's done he's teamed up with a whiskey distillery called firestone and robertson in texas right now they've created a bourbon which he then shipped back to his home in the black forest where he is a distiller, and then he's made a habanero chili distillate, right? Which he's then added to the bourbon, which I guess at that point you're no longer can't call it, call a, bourbon. it a bourbon, yeah. And then he sort of lets it rest, and then you know bottles it, and this is what we've got. So I'll, I'm going to come back to the name a little bit later, but I think it's important to say that the, the, they stress don't get put off by chilies because i guess the, the minute you see the word chili yeah you, think, oh, you may think like, i don't yeah spicy like, like or... a, when you see i don't know chili vodka or something mm. you say, oh wow this is going to be really hot mm. they say it's not so should we put that to the test yeah it's very bold actually doing those two things because some people may not like bourbon and some people may not like chilies so to actually get those two together you could put off a lot of people. So I understand also why he's saying that he doesn't like to categorise yeah, things. Yeah, I think it's an interesting mm. way in. So 
the the bottle just briefly to talk about the bottle it's a 500 ml mm. and the way they've designed it i think this is the idea is it's like a it's like a hip, hip flask, flask. Yeah. yeah so that you because they're very into their cowboy imagery yeah if you look at their their advertising and their website and stuff and i think you could slip this in your pocket if you had a huge a po- big pocket a huge pocket <laughs> obviously uh and it, they are saying it's premium. And to be honest, when I unscrewed the cap, actually, can I just give you that cap? It's it's a really heavy metal oh my cap. God, it's wow. really surprising, isn't it? It's yeah, like, you will, you don't think that when you no, first get it. It, but, it feels. Yeah. I mean, that kind of feels premium just because it's mm. so heavy. So anyway, it's lovely actually. Enough chatter, chitter chatter. Let me. And and you you've time. mentioned the that the actual design of the yes. the bottle, but you haven't said anything about the label, which probably has a an episode all of its own. Well, it does. There's, <laughs> a, there's this character that seems to be quite iconic. It pops up on the website. It's a a lone cowboy on his horse in silhouette going through the desert, presumably on a horse with, on no, a name. Horse with no name. I know. Every time you and I have <laughs> talked about this recently, one of us starts singing it and annoying oh the other person. Oh, my God, it's such an airworm as well. It isn't it? I've had it in my head for ages. It's yeah. driving me nuts. But anyway, maybe that's really clever marketing. Of course it it's is. It's like we're a built-in advert yeah, for it. indeed. Um, so I think he's actually bought the rights to the song. Don't quote me on that. Mm. I hope no one's listening. Um, but <laughs> I think he's bought the rights to the song. I don't know. Anyway. Anyway, yeah. there you go. There is a glass of horse with no wow. name. It's got a lovely reddy brown colour, hasn't mm. it? Which is... Mm. Oh, it's very spicy on the nose. Mm. But again, you know, you can hint at a bit. Or maybe that's because I know there's some chilli in there. That I'm getting a little hint of that spicy chilli. Yeah. But again, I say that may be because I know that it's there. Yes. But there definitely is a spiciness to it. Mm. I like that. You can get the, can we say but, but you can get that aroma as well, can't you? Oh, it's, yeah, it's definitely there. I think mm. we're allowed to say it, but you mm. can't say it officially. Mm. Oh, yeah. I like that chilli. I mean, you know, some people, there's not, it's not a huge whack around the chops chilli, no. but there is chilli there. So yeah. some people may not like that. And actually you're getting that there at that, point on your throat where it's just there leaving its presence yeah. you know which is but beautiful i it's, think yeah i think it's the fruitiness of the chili yes. rather than the heat yeah uh, exactly which is quite clever mm. i like that a lot i mean it's it's a it's powerful um mm. in a good way what's um, the abv on that one it is 45 percent mm. and on their website they have a a lot of recipes they're kind of mainly classics but i guess they're classics that you would make with bourbon but the minute you put this in you've got mm. a different twist on that classic because you could with with that additional heat you could take this in lots of different directions yeah. couldn't you with cocktails and and things like that it's lovely yeah i like the finish it's really lingering mm. nicely so that is oh i should just tell you when he is asked why it's called horse with no name oh yes this please. is his answer and this is a quote he says how would you call an habanero infused bourbon Damn right, a horse with no name. Okay. So that explains everything. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to meet this guy. He sounds very interesting. Anyway, that's his 
his new launch, a horse with no name. It's uh, 500 ml and it's near enough 50 pounds. So it's uh, a serious premium. Yeah, yeah exactly. Anyway. And once again, please look on our Instagram page for the actual packaging because it is a really unique bottle. Yes. And um, it deserves its, uh, it deserves a look and, and definitely a taste if you, if you can. Absolutely. It's really, really good stuff. Very interesting as well. In a good way. as ever details on our website thecocktaillovers.com as we're having a fun day with cocktails you know we've had a horse (laughs) every day is a fun day with cocktails it is but i'm just saying that some things are much more serious than others so even though the drinks are serious and you should consume them seriously there's always it's always nice to find things that have a little lighter touch yes i agree so horse with no name Definitely lighter touch. <laughs> Let's tick that But box. serious drinks. Yeah, yeah. And this one that I've chosen this week is, again, the same thing. It's a lighter touch. It's lovely, fresh and engaging. And it's canned cocktails, which I'm actually rather loving these days. Mm. This is from a company called White Box Drinks. And there's some great people behind it, some really fantastic bartenders from around the world that you know and love amongst them Alex Lawrence who is from Lioness and is one of the directors at Mr Lion Company okay we have Pietro Colina who oh. is bars director at the Nomad bars around the world yeah. we have lovely Roman Shabodovlov I can never say his name <laughs> Roman forgive me yeah. but he's so lovely. We love him. Ex Hawksmoor Spitalfields and ex Swift, and a whole lot of other people. So that, it's a bit of a dream team. Yeah, it? it is. And they really know their stuff and they're so passionate about flavor and delivering the right experience. Yeah. To me, I think that they would have preferred not to produce any cocktails and deliver something that's half baked, basically. Yeah. yeah. So one of their things they say is, which I like, you know, they've got this range of canned cocktails. They say, serve cold, drink responsibly, and smile. Isn't that lovely? Good life advice. Exactly. And the thing they say as well, they say better canned cocktails. And I think I'd probably go even one step further and say really elevated canned cocktails because... I did sneaky things and I had <laughs> I had their canned old fashioned before and it is You didn't tell me that. I know. It's a <laughs> thing of beauty. It really is delicious. If and, somebody and, and, had, saying a canned old fashioned is you're gonna have some purists somewhere going like, Oh, you can't possibly have a canned old fashioned. Listen, if they think that, they have to try this yeah. because it really is as close as damn it to ham- Actually, if someone made it yeah. in front of you, you'd think I it wish was- you'd shared it with me. I'm now. sorry, it was so good I had it to myself they also one of the other ones that we did share was their freezer martini oh yes which is brilliant so and very clever because it's it's a can they tell you to put it in the freezer you put it in the freezer you take it out and it tastes the bomb it really i I did like that very much so which what are we having today then we've saved the pocket negroni so they've Ah, got different cans and different sizes so those three that we've just mentioned the negroni the old-fashioned and the martini they're the smaller size 100 mil cans i would say my favorite word the punchier cocktails okay (laughs) but then they also have some longer styles which are 250 mil and they're longer lighter a bit more refreshing 
So you have whiskey soda, you have one called Tropical G&T, which has, what does that one have in it? G&T, I'm guessing. Yeah, which is but tropical. it's tropical. It's yeah. got some different things. No, I wanted, yeah. don't, don't be clever. <laughs> I can't help it. it I wanted naturally. to just say exactly what was in it, but I can't find all the details. Oh, this one feels great. It's called Disco Baby, but it's got a lovely sort of faux suede feel about it. I I really like all the packaging because each one is really different. They've got some cartoon illustrations. They've got some great typography. And as you say on this one, you've just given me Disco Baby. It feels really nice to hold. It's like a nice texture to the the paper. And then there's this one, Hippie Fizz, which has got Porter's Gin, Tropical Shrub, patchouli and hop soda we Gosh. should give that a try a bit later oh i like oh he's another member for my gang the, happy <laughs> the ones that you want to yeah, add the little to characters your... i want in my gang actually you happy, should do that i think your little gary club would i'm be gonna great. do that as we progress i'm gonna make a little gang of all the characters all the on characters. cocktails that i want in my gang anyway back to mr pocket negroni <laughs> he's got the lovely little yeah, cheekiness like about him, him. yeah so we'll give this a little little crack so like all of them that you should store them in the fridge open you can serve over ice or actually drink from the can which i yeah. said but we're like doing the fact the they give you thing. permission to drink from the can because yeah. it might seem a bit like can i and it's like yeah why yeah not? exactly perfect for picnics for parties all sorts of things mm-hmm. but this come smells on, let's every go. inch a good wow negroni. Lovely. And also, what I like about this one, it's smoothed out a bit. Yes. You know, they've taken off those rough edges those that Negroni's can. Edge, which some Absolutely. people like, some people don't. Yeah, I do. I think you do, mm. and I do sometimes, mm. but I think this is much nicer. It's much smoother. It's rich. It's got the texture. It's got all of the things that you love yeah. in, a, in a Negroni. Yeah, the word, in a can. In a can. <laughs> the word that springs to mind for me is herbaceous. Mm. It's, and that's another thing. Thing, like bitterness that I really like is that herbaceous quality and it's a really can I use the word complex you can use it, the word it's complex. complex I love it when it's needed I think it's definitely good I love these I think that mm. they make great additions yeah. you can buy boxes of six yeah. and you can also do a mix and match um, oh thing. let's get some in yeah well we've got loads here <laughs> <laughs> but they're absolutely delicious and they range in price from I think it's about you can get six cans from about 24 mm-hmm. 24 pounds the, I'm trying the, to do the math. Yeah. What is that, three pounds a can? Yeah. yeah some, that sounds pretty good. Four, just some. Yeah. Um, the bigger ones, like the Negroni and the Martini, they're six cans for 30 pounds. But I think okay. really, really yeah. good value. So do have these. Head over to whiteboxdrinks.co. We'll give all the information on our website. And also, we'll show you the range of yes. different packaging because they're really beautiful, very clever, and even more important than the packaging, they taste bloody delicious. And now for a cocktail hack from one of our experts. My name is Ago Perrone, Director of Mixology at the Connaught in London. My top hack for a mixing cocktail at home is uh, if you don't have a mixing glass, use a beautiful jug. So you can uh, fill it up with more and more martini for a fantastic party at home. For more-
more from the Cocktail Lovers, see our digital and print magazine and make sure that you subscribe. You can find out all about it on our website, thecocktaillovers.com. And also you'll find out where to subscribe for our magazine, which is available four times a year in digital and print. Sometimes it's really lovely to just stick with the classics. And we're not just talking about the drinks, we're talking about new classics as in some of the bars that we've come to know and love. And one of those is the Gibson. It's a wonderful bar on Old Street in East London. But actually, when you go there, you could be stepping back in time and you could be anywhere. It's just a little jewel box of a bar, isn't it? Yeah, it's lovely. From the outside, it almost looks still like the pub that it once was Mm. and it was a really small pub it's like one room and it still is and so I think what they've done really cleverly is it's still got a little bit of that kind of coziness that vibe of a pub but funked up and cocktails yeah and they've made it the most of every available space so it's packed with vintage shakers it's got a little piano in the corner god knows how they managed to even (laughs) think about fitting a piano in the corner let alone the piano player yeah yeah exactly and everywhere is packed with little little nuggets of just curios that they love and that they've collected along the way even outside they've got lovely little shelving with plants and little lights and lots of love gone so into it. yeah it's yeah. it's very beautiful and very gorgeous little little bar as we say <laughs> so it's the creation of marion becky yeah. one of our favorite bartenders and one of the most respected bartenders around the world we'd absolutely say. yeah he's put his heart his soul his passion into this bar which is named after one of the most classic cocktails, the Gibson, which is, if you don't know, it's a martini served with a pickled onion. And it dates back to around the 1900s. Yeah, it's 1908. Oh, well, there you go. I got that because it's on, they've they've put that on the menu. Oh, right. Very, very helpful and informative. Yeah, Yeah, brilliant. So, So as you can guess, The Gibson is one of the stars of the show here, but the menu is actually packed with lots of little gems. Absolutely. But we've, most of the times that we've been there, we have gone for the Gibson because they are gorgeous. They've got a few different styles. Several variations. Yeah. Yeah. And, and included aged Gibson martinis. And they use, all of them use different gins. So the, the regular Gibson has Copperhead gin which is the Gibson edition, with pickle and spice, martini, ambrato, reserva, and house-doubled pickled onion. And then they have one called the redistilled Gibson martini, with Weisshorn gin with a pickled onion, lemon zest, and pickled spices, which have been left for 72 hours. And then you get the aged Gibson martini, which is Oxley gin, discarded vermouth, aged in an ex-balsamic barrel for six months. And they serve this one with a truffle and smoky side of vinegar mm. onion. And that one is yeah. delicious. We're, Actually, they're all delicious. They are, we've tried them all at one time or another, and they are fantastic. I mean, I personally, I really like that kind of umami sort of kick you get from the onion mm. you know and it works so well and, and also they serve it with little vintage spoons and yeah, things oh, you know there's yeah. just all the little attention to details which really elevates it above your regular neighborhood bar i mean this is yeah. one that i'd love to have on my doorstep it's yes. just such a 
gorgeous little treat. There are other cocktails on the menu. Lots and, of other and cocktails. And they do it in a very different way. So they get you to look through, choose a month or a season that you particularly like, and then choose a month. Then correspond that to the flavour of the drink that you're after. Yeah. It's, it's quite it's quite clever. I haven't got examples of the of the drinks here, which is a bit unfortunate and remiss of me. But trust us, there were a lot. Yeah. And also they are one of those bars that use multitude of ingredients. And sometimes you're trying to envisage how they will actually all work in a glass. But you are in very capable hands here. So if something resonates with you, just go with it because yeah. you're going to be in for a treat. I think the other thing as well that's really worth mentioning is they've really got an extensive offering of non-alcoholic mm. cocktails there. And then they're not like an add-on at the end of the menu. They're just woven into the fabric of the whole menu. So you almost don't realise it's a non-alcoholic cocktail because it's got all that love, attention, as you said, those really amazing ingredients. And then you kind of look and you think, oh, mm. that hasn't got a spirit. And I think that's really, really clever. Yeah, it's a great team, wonderful bar. And if you are in London, wherever you are in the compass in London, we highly recommend that you drop in, see Marion Becky and his team and try at least one of those Gibsons and something else from the list. So that is the Gibson Bar in Old Street. And once again, you can see details on our Instagram page and website. So the other day, I found myself looking at our books on the cocktail shelf and three numbers jumped out at me. And what could they be? They were... Oh, oh, seven. <laughs> is that because of the current bond thing that's going on at the moment? Well, I guess it is. I mean, it's you can't turn around without seeing a picture of Daniel Craig or whatever. But so, yeah, Bond is very much front of mind. Bond is back. Yeah, we haven't seen the new movie. Uh, sure, we will at some point. But, you know, let's not even get started on who's the best Bond because we all know it's Timothy Dalton. <laughs> anyway, that's a discussion for another for day. For another day. For another day. So the book that I've grabbed and brought to your attention or I'm bringing to your attention is called Shaken 007, the official cocktail book, Drinking with James Bond and Ian Fleming. I like the fact, so official. It is official. Right. It's been blessed and sanctioned by the Fleming estate. Wow. So I think that's a very good mm. thing. And the people behind it are a really good team. It's Edmund Weil, Bobby Hiddleston and Mia Johansson. Ah, oh, we know them. Dream team. Yeah, they're, they're, they're the guys amongst others who are involved in Swift. So they know their stuff. So they put this book together about three years ago. And the idea is there's a whole bunch of recipes, 10 of which are based on drinks from the books. And another 40 are inspired by the books that oh, they've nice. created. Nice. And it, it's, I love this book because there's a lovely introduction, which is all about what Fleming liked in his drinks and his world. And for me, because I love the Bond books, and what drew me to them originally was his attention to detail, the way he would talk about clothes and food and travel and drinks. And that's Actually, what that's what we with. like as well, yeah. that whole lifestyle bit. It's yes. more, much more than the drink, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, mm. and, and, and in the books, I like that much more than the... the <laughs> Who's the, the story? Who the villain is? <laughs> but that's just. But what they've done, they've extracted that drinks element and put together a really nice book, so you can dip into it. And it's full of. If you are a Bond fan, and particularly if you're a Bond 
book fan is full of lovely quotes like, let's see, from Live and Let Die. It isn't a bad life, which consists of sitting in a comfortable bar, drinking a good whiskey. Mm. Can you argue with that? Not really. No. (laughs) (laughs) But it's full of lovely, lovely quotes and lots of insight into what he was, Fleming stroke Bond was about. And so you can find in there the Vespers, the dry martinis, but then they've got all these lovely creations. They've taken things like, let me see, Pussy Galore, the famous Bond villain. She's had a cocktail dedicated to her. They've got a take on a Negroni. And it's just a fun, fun book. The photography is lovely. It's all about the drinks, but they look like they could have come straight off the set of a good Bond movie. Mm. So I would really recommend this. Do you want to have a little flick through? I will. Thank you very much. I think Edmund has... Is he related to... Yes, I've got a feeling you're right. I think he is, I don't know if it's a distant cousin. Yeah, there's some connection. It's definitely a link. Yeah. Which I think is, how how cool is it to say, yeah, I'm related to Ian Fleming? I know, absolutely. And also what I do like about this is all of the, as you were saying, it's not just about the recipes. There's lots of different details about the background of the drinks and different things like this. Trigger finger, you know, I mean, just really lovely. A whisper of love. Even those titles themselves are just amazing. Yeah, I think the ones that they've made up live up very much to the Bond standard. They they sound like They must have had so much fun as well, sort of thinking about the theme and actually putting that into the glass. And I think you can tell that from the book. It's a real labour of love book. And And I think it's a great... Well, it's a great book to have for yourself if you're a Bond fan. I would definitely recommend it for Bond fans of the books, mm, but also but cocktail lovers and cocktail lovers. It's it's a real we know with Christmas in the offing. I think this is a great gift. Uh, you would sit around the fire sipping your Vesper or your Martini, shaken not stirred, and enjoying this book. So yeah, love it. And it is published by Octopus Books, fifteen pounds. Check out our website, thecocktaillovers.com, for details. British Mode knows a thing or two about flavour. His company, World of Zing, has been built on it. In addition to the range of exotic seasonings and salts he started selling from a market store in South East London, he's offered the first original craft bottled cocktails, all showcasing great taste and exciting flavour combinations. That was in 2014. Since then, his company has gone on to design and produce cocktails for hundreds of the most respected names in hospitality, including the Langham, the Bellman British Pullman, Everyman Cinemas, Bills, and, most recently, a national retail listing with Majestic Wines. In fact, the cocktails, which include combos such as Persian Lime and Nori Margarita, and Saffron and Rose Gimlet sold approximately 650,000 bottles to thirsty consumers during lockdown. As a regular presenter on Channel 4 Sunday Brunch, he's a trusted source of information for consumers as well as those in the trade, and we're delighted to talk to him today. Pritish, welcome to the Cocktail Lovers podcast. Thank you very much, Gary and Sandra. Uh, it's so, firstly, so beautiful to see your faces and 
I think as uh, as lockdown is uh, is easing and all that kind of stuff, it's just brilliant to see people now, right? Absolutely. And we're delighted to have you on board because we've known you for a long time and we know that you've had such passion for flavour and cocktails all throughout your career. So can we just start a little bit by putting it into context? How did your journey into the world of drinks and particular flavour come into, how did it come into being? Yeah, so I mean, like I come from one of the oldest spice merchant families in the country. So my grandfather set up this business back in the in in the early sixties, and so I've always been around ingredients, around great chefs. You know, I grew up in in like you know uh, my family warehouses and kind of touching, feeling, smelling all this kind of stuff. But like uh, every good Indian boy, I was expected to go and get a, a inverted commas proper job. So I studied law at university, came out with a degree, and decided it wasn't for me. Fell into marketing, drinks marketing essentially, and I was just worked my way up in in the drinks marketing world, working on various well-known brands and you know the more I interacted with drinks I you know I I always fell into my background of what my family did was like I always used to dissect drinks dissect it to such a level and just play around with liquid and I just really you know found myself really really enjoying it engaging with it and I guess in 2014 or I think it was about 2013 really I was just sitting and I, I was at a bit of a, a junction in, in my career of, of what to do next. You know, I've, I'd, I'd really enjoyed everything I'd done up until then. And, you know, ostensibly I'd been paid my entire career to advise brands on how to grow and develop, etc. And in 2013, I thought, look, I want to maybe do something for myself, but be really innovative, be a bit, yeah, be a bit disruptive and really call on my own heritage and my own experience in the world of drinks. So, you know, like, you know, this was, this was when, you know, bottle cocktails or premium bottle cocktails just, just weren't a thing. And, and, you know, they were very much frowned upon, but what I noticed around that time, and this you know, a lot of there was a lot of really great things happening in the drinks world around then in terms of a lot of molecular, a lot of innovation. There was barrel aging, all kinds of stuff like that going on. So there was a, a real wealth of exciting new experimentation in the drinks world around then. And everyone had a had a different angle and a different take. And it was it was it, and I was absorbing all of this. And um I noticed a couple of things is many of, or not many, but some of the world's best bars were actually pre-batching their liquid, which was absolutely crazy for me to think. So, you know, this was more from a customer experience point of view. There were, you know, these drinks had become so intricate that it made more sense, particularly from a customer service point of view, just to pre-batch the liquid, serve it in lovely vessels, et cetera, and give service with a smile fundamentally. But the other the other part of it as well was it was the start of we're in the midst of the whole barrel aging thing as well, which again fundamentally means that you're pre-making cocktails. And obviously barrel aging goes back, you know, to the early 1900s, et cetera. You know, there's there was a history, but it was reinvigorated around 2012, 2013 as well. So again, what you're doing is essentially pre-making a liquid as best as it can be, or better than it can be made inverted commas fresh. Uh, and so I thought I'd essentially use my background in flavor, you know, spices and ingredients, et cetera, and, and come up with a bottle cocktail range that kind of appealed, you know, had this more, I, I guess, organic appeal in terms of the ingredients that we use and, and how, we, how we process things. And 
this was also a time when it was kind of real. We were really in the midst of the whole food market, street food, all this kind of stuff. You know, there are food markets popping up all over the place. And, and I, you know, I was, I'm, I'm a massive foodie. So I'd be at a food market every weekend. You know, you go in with sort of 50 quid and come out with two loaves of bread and some cheese and that's your lot, right? But, you know, and every, I, again, I noticed that every one of these places had a, a great wine retailer, like, you know, craft, small wine brands, all this kind of stuff. There might be a craft beer stall, but there was nothing ever representing spirits and, and our world. And so again, so from a, you know, with my marketing hat on, but from a strategy point of view, it was all about, I think we can create a product that has the same storytelling, the same authenticity in terms of this is small craft. There's a reason for being, you know, I, I didn't just wake up and go, I think there's money in this because there wasn't. <laughs> like for a long time it was more about just having the authenticity and a passion and displaying it in a in a food market arena where you could tell your story and build this build a story and engagement with people so yeah in a really long-winded way i think that's kind of how we got here yeah you said that because we were going to ask that because at the time that you started bottle cocktails didn't have a very good rep what was it that how did you manage to convince people the world of thing was where it's at in terms of bottle cocktails uh, to, to be honest because we you know we we got there so early in in terms of the, the bottle cocktail trend you know so we were the first real kind of brand as it were to really to really go at it and so there was a lot of intrigue and actually i've got to say for, for even you know for people like yourselves in the trade in, in the in the press rather i think it was just a simple case of a taste test and us getting samples out to as many people as possible and people actually enjoying it and having that surprise of actually wow this is really good and it, it came down to the quality quite fundamentally is that you know we you know we set the benchmark to be like the best bars in the world, so you know we have we were getting fresh Bordeaux cast barrels in from France, you know we were using the best spirits we 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 still do all all of that stuff still happens you know so we were using Diageo Reserve spirits so your Don Julio's your bullets, things like that. So suddenly you start building this picture of genuine quality into it, and I say the press started writing a lot about us because I guess we were trailblazing this path. And very quickly, we got into some really eye-catching retailers. So I think, I mean, the big one was Whole Foods, you know, stopped us, uh, I think, within a year or 18 months of us launching. And and then it all, we were originally, my original plan was to be a retail-focused brand, actually. And it all flipped. Suddenly, the on-trade started looking at what we were doing and started tasting and, and suddenly we had you know on trade clients coming at us saying can you pre-batch for us actually particularly like larger groups and things like that who you know the, the reality is that cocktails are an absolute art it's a skill and like 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 food like you if i give you a steak tomorrow i'll give the average person a steak tomorrow i'm telling you they can't cook a steak and that's one ingredient cooked over temperature and seasoning, right? Salt, steak, and temperature is all you need. So if you take a cocktail and people think, you know, you read the recipe, uh, 25 ml of sugar, a bit of lemon juice, rum, that's a mojito, whatever, right? It's not though, right? Because there's so many minor, uh, minute details to all of this that, make, that, that take it from a watery liquid, kind of like bland liquid, 
to something that you will stop your conversation for. And that's what we were trying to achieve. Uh, and that's what we did achieve because we were putting, you know, we were we we were working with people like Carluccio, Jamie Oliver, etc. Because quite fundamentally, like, you know, there there aren't that many bartenders in the or weren't and certainly aren't now uh, that many good bartenders and good bar staff. And food and drink requires actually passion, right? So you can taste quality. You can taste when someone cared about the product, whatever it is. So suddenly, you know, like cocktails were on the rise and the, a lot of big national groups just, just started coming to us saying, look, can you pre-batch for us? Can you come up with, can you be our creative source and can you um, and can you produce a liquid for us? So suddenly we became an on-trade brand. And for me, that was a lot more fun because you're constantly creating, constantly developing. Every client has its own set of challenges, set of needs. Whereas a retail-focused brand, you kind of stick to five, six, seven products and that's kind of it. And you might launch one product a year but I prefer the more creative side of, of things. On that, it's quite interesting as well, because what's unique about you or special about you is the, the sort of the flavour combinations that you come up with. And we're really intrigued to know sort of how you go about coming up with those. And on the one hand, being creative and surprising people and getting them to stop, but at the same time, not going so far that people go like, I don't get that before they've even tried it. You know, how do you get that sweet spot? Again, kind of, I make cocktails how I like to drink them, I guess, which sounds fairly obvious. But if you look at bartenders, right, when when bartenders are off duty, what do they drink? They normally have a beer and a shot or something. A gin, just give me a gin and tonic. Like if you go to Nightjar or some of the, some of the great bars, right, and they, you find that bartender off duty, they are not drinking a massively theatrical, you know, drink with 17 different ingredients. Da, da, da. They want something. So for me, it's all about taking something classic. And, you know, this has always been our philosophy. Take something classic and just add a surprising twist to it. So we, we have our, our um, again, this is getting a bit geeky, a bit marketing-y speak, but when we spent, I spent a, probably four to six weeks a few years ago uh, in our kind of around 2016 really reanalyzing what world of zing was and what it is and how we communicate and we have this thing called um a brand eye and in the center of it is like what what is it ultimately and we were talking about like are we the, the center of it is flavor beyond ordinary and everything we do is that so we're not beyond extraordinary we're not extraordinary we're not you know, we're take ordinary as your start point, as your center point. So take a Negroni and just take it one step beyond. So, and that's our, that's always what we try to do. So, every, you know, you, if you go onto our, our website and see the drinks that we do, they're all recognized cocktails, your margaritas, your Negronis, whatever, but there's always a beyond ordinary element to it. And we're playing in that, you know, that's the, that's the place that we play in. Because we are a, a a more mass market, I want to engage the kind my friends and family, right? And this again, the whole concept came from people would come to my house, you know, and I've I've always I've always got maybe two three hundred bottles of spirit at my house, or always have, and and you know, in the early days, you know, when I was younger and really enthusiastic, you're like, what do you want to drink? I just have a gin and tonic. Which gin do you want? I've got thirty different gins, and people don't want that right like the average consumer doesn't want to think about food or drink in that respect give me something familiar and so then i quickly learned that actually 
just give them, surprise them with the familiar, but with something a little bit more. And it's that that's kind of, so, you know, we use nori seaweed in our margarita is probably kind of the real game changer for us. You know, it was the third or fourth drink we ever designed back in 2014, 2015. And, you know, that was a real surprise for everyone. Like, what's going on with nori seaweed in a margarita? But, you know, for us, it was looking at the drink how the drink delivers its flavor and for me i'm always i've always been a big margarita fan and i hate the salt rim on a margarita because mostly it's done really badly even when it's done well it's not great because you get a mouthful of salt and that's not great full stop you know and so it's infusing that saltiness into the liquid so a lot of it is that and a, a lot of it as well every drink we create i start with a sheet of paper so before any liquid is done we write i write a story about the drink and if i can't write a story about why this drink exists then the drink doesn't even get to liquid development um th- th- there has to be a reason for this drink to exist and uh, you know w- with a story people will, will engage with a story it's not just me going seeing something going well that's a good idea because that's someone else's idea why does this drink belong with world of zing what you know if we go back to my brand will and how we create and who we want to talk to and stuff like that it all has to go back to that and it starts with a sheet of paper of this is a story why we've created this drink and speaking of that and and some of the creations that you've come up with can you tell us some of your favorite ones nori seaweed obviously but any others that you're particularly proud of do you know what? The, the Bordeaux cask aged Negroni was our first ever drink, and that's still, still there. Like it's unbelievable. Favorite drinks? It's more, I guess, some of them is more about the client that we've got. So the Langham Hotel, for example. So we do all the in-room dining, the minibar sales for the Langham, and they were our first big luxury client. So we'd already had by that time we'd had. I think we'd already had Jamie Oliver's and Kylie Chess and a lot of Rosa's Thai cafes and places like that. So big groups. But when the Langham approached us to create their in-room dining, I mean, I, I couldn't, you know, you just can't believe that, right? Like what, what is going on in the world? And we created three cocktails inspired by their properties. So there was, there's an Earl Grey Old Fashioned, which is inspired by afternoon tea, which is obviously heritage of the Langham. There's a cherry blossom drink inspired by their Hong Kong property. And there's a, a Negroni as well. I can't remember what it is now. It's still it's still listed there. Someone showed me a picture the other day. But um and I can't remember what the, the Negroni is. But these three drinks and like that was a real marker in the sand for us as to how far we'd come and how far we can go. So yeah, that was that was super, super exciting. More recently I think I really enjoy the saffron and a saffron and rose gimlet. Um, again, you kind of take a gimlet and just how do you elevate it into that was inspired. The saffron and rose gimlet, I can tell you, right, was inspired. That was a lockdown drink. So we designed it at the early part of lockdown. And it was inspired by me seeing consumers spending more on premium alcohol and trying to upgrade their home drinking. So, you know, at the start of lockdown, everyone's like, let me buy all of the cheap wine and beer. And then suddenly everyone realized, hang on, this is, we're going to be in this for a little while. I need something good. Like I'm not, you know, like, uh, you know, it was the same with, you know, food, like everyone just went and bought cheap pasta and baked beans or whatever. Right. And suddenly it's like, suddenly at the end of lockdown, you've got mountains of cheap pasta and baked beans because no one's eating it. But the Saffron Rose was as a response to that. I was like, 
I've always, I've always, I've always liked gimlets. And I was like, how do we, I want to just inject a bit of luxury into a drink. And th that saffron rose gimlet was the perfect vessel. So I'm really proud that that one, we designed it and it's launched into Majestic, you know, as a, as a nationwide listing, because there's a real kind of um, soul searching to that drink of how, how we came to it. So I'm, yeah, I'm really, uh, that, that, that drink I really, really like a lot. And what about at home for us, particularly people like us who, you know, Sandra and I and our listener who love to make cocktails at home and, and perhaps we stay very much within following a recipe or the tried and the true. What can you give us a few sort of uh, little insights and, you know, sort of ideas of how we can introduce some spices or salt or infusions to sort of just juice them up? <laughs> well, first thing is I think stuff like tea, like, so I, when I am talking about recipes that, so you've got like World of Zing, which, you know, we have a whole cocktail lab and all that kind of, all the, all the fun stuff going on in there. So it's a very different scenario to what I do at home. And, you know, when I'm at home, I, most people, I, I like to keep things simple. So I have, you know, I think tea is a great, great way of injecting flavor into cocktails. So like if my wife has I don't know, like 15, 20 types of tea. She doesn't drink any of it at all, <laughs> right? So we just have this cupboard. And I even, over lockdown, I was like, I was having clear out and I was like, we need to get rid of these teas. And she went, you have 200 plus bottles of booze that I never talk about. So I think my teas will stay. I was like, fair point. But, you know, you know, if you, if you think about a, a, a gin and tonic or actually a Tom Collins and how many different ways you could, essentially manipulate and change a Tom Collins with Earl Grey tea, chamomile tea, fruit teas, right? And these are ingredients that are, you know, you're not having to rush out and buy fresh ingredients. They're cheap. A, a box of tea is two, three pounds. So suddenly you've got a tea, a chamomile tea that you can have at night, to, you know, as, as people do, or you can inject it into a cocktail during the day and have a bit of fun with. Do they steep the tea and let it go cold and then add it to their cocktail? So again, kind of the traditional bartender's methods is 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 a long steep, right? So half an hour, whatever. Not again, no one's got time for that kind of thing when in in a in a real home environment. So I tend to just agitate. So you pour it in into the spirit and then just get a spoon and gently agitate it for 30 seconds, 40 seconds. So you'll get a decent punch out of it you know you get a decent level of flavor out of it and then what i tend to do as well is then i'll i'll keep the tea bag and if i think it still needs a bit more then i'll drop it into the drink after i've made it so you've made the tom collins and then you drop the tea bag back in and the flavor continues to infuse so you're so again like for me kind of if you look at how food works you have a, a combination generally right so your first bite and your last bite will tend to be different because you've got different components in your plate. So if you look at how a drink works as well, so your first sip, you can create excitement in a drink from the first sip to the last sip by having something like a slow-release flavor like tea. So it continues to infuse. So every time you take that drink, you're like, oh, there's, there's a little bit more there. It's evolved slightly. So how you evolve liquid in a glass. And this is stuff just for home. But it, it, it's relevant everywhere, right? Is evolving and continuing the experience, not taking the liquid for granted. Any other tips, like with some spices, perhaps? So again, kind of like I mean, smokiness. There's 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 a lot of stuff like you know you can use black cardamom. So you know the the thing with alcohol is alcoholism is an incredible flavor carrier. So it picks up and releases flavor very very quickly. So 
any infusion with uh, any kind of spices is is brilliant with alcohol. So again, kind of like if you want to add a bit of smokiness, obviously black cardamom, vanilla is a brilliant one to just kind of bring in richness into into spices. I'm not a huge fan of chili in cocktails. I don't think it's done very well because you've really got to understand what chilies do. And there's like a thousand or two thousand types of chilies. And like most people just write chili in a recipe. So that and then it's just all over the place. And this is in, in the restaurant trade and at home. So I'd say stay away from chilies unless you actually like chilies. But then you look at something like Bloody Mary and you can start playing out playing around with like sriracha sauce and fish sauce and stuff like that. You know, and then you once you start going even further, then you can start using like lemongrass instead of lemon peel. And, you know, we use a lot of Persian dried limes. So there's lots of ways to achieve flavors in a more exciting way. But the main thing I say, like with sugar syrups are really, really easy, right? So I mean, like over I remember over Christmas when we one of those moments when we were those few days when we were allowed out or whatever it was, and I was at a my cousin's place and he wanted an old-fashioned he didn't have any angus he didn't have he basically said i've got whiskey and i really fancy an old-fashioned and i felt brave we'd had a few drinks so it's like he had an he had some citrus fruit and his mum's spice box and so we basically made inverted commas again angostura an angostura-esque syrup so we literally went like chucked in cloves cinnamon into this so everyone's got sugar at home you can make a syrup literally kind of so syrups again like homemade syrups are really really easy but literally just i can't remember like chucked in orange peel lemon peel whatever citrus peels he had cloves cinnamon black pepper whacked it all together and in like 10 15 minutes we had something vaguely resembling a bitter a bitters syrup whacked it into whiskey and it was actually really delicious no I'll, you know i'll never know how to make it again <laughs> i was just going to ask you for the recipe yeah yeah i mean but i mean it really is like you know again like spices everyone's got a spice cupboard at home and stay with sort of what you like and and infuse them into 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 sugar syrups are so easy to do that's great some wonderful tips there so i think that we'll try some other ones out as well um and for anybody wanting to find out more about Pritesh and his wonderful flavors and bottled cocktails they can see everything on world of zing and also check in to sunday brunch where he makes regular appearances so for further information see our instagram page and our website for cocktail lovers thank you Pritesh. it's been amazing spending time with you and hearing your insights thank you for your inspiration thanks sandra thanks gary thanks for listening to this episode of the cocktail lovers podcast we really hope you enjoyed it if you did please tell your friends and make sure you never miss another episode by simply subscribing wherever you get your podcasts for more details on the people places and products mentioned today head over to our website thecocktaillovers.com.